Welcome to Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Man, it went from hot to cold overnight. I tell you who's not cold is the Houston Astros. They are red hot going into the American League Championship Series. What a great game last night. I know this is not a sports show, but uh, I am <laughs> from Houston. And, uh, you know, my Astros mean a lot to me. We talk about the issues of faith family and freedom as they relate to things in the courts, the legislature, and the media. And someone who knows a lot about the Texas legislature is Senator Paul Betancourt, who is from the Houston area. That's the Senate district where he serves. He's going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. You know, we've had um, Senator Betancourt on many times, and, and not just really about issues that relate to state, faith, family, and freedom, but also as it relates to local issues. Many of you may remember that Senator Betancourt served as the uh, in the role of the tax assessor collector for Harris County. And there's been a lot to talk about when it comes to economic issues in Harris County. Senator Betancourt, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Well, thanks, Jonathan and Ghost Rose. I've got tickets to the Yankees game coming up and to your gala, too, in yeah, November. And we'll get to that in a minute on November 15th. A lot of local things playing out, not just you know, take it back, Houston Astros fever going wild and, and really excited and a lot of momentum going into the, the ALCS series with the New York Yankees, but a lot being talked about locally as it relates to policy. Tell us what's going on lately at the Harris County Commissioner's Court. Well, unfortunately, as much as we've had Astros fever, we also had progressive leftist socialist fever down here. And what happened in the County Commissioner's Court is that uh, a, a socialist was elected county judge, and they teamed up with a couple of progressive leftists on the court, and they were talking about raising taxes on the average Houston uh, Harris County home of about 12% a year. Now, wow. they actually got to the point, Jonathan, that during public discussion, they were kind of racing each other to see who would have the most substantial tax increase. Now, this horrified the two Republicans that were on, one who was actually not a big fan of the big property tax uh, you know, legislation we passed uh, that, that triggered this fight, uh, because, uh, and another one was, but they both decided that they had had enough, and because they weren't going to see their local property taxpayers taxed to the max, basically smashed by taxation right before the uh, SB2 and HB3, all the property tax relief legislation gets implemented next year. Well, you know, look, I mean, we talk about the issues primarily on religious liberty, marriage and family and life. But, you know, look, when it comes to family life, I mean, if you've got a high tax rate, you've got dealing with a lot of those issues locally as a family, it makes it very difficult to live out the values that people care about. And one of the reasons that I think things are going so well, not only in our state and our country, is because we've been making good decisions as it relates to tax policy and fiscal policies. I know that's where you've had a lot of leadership at the Texas Capitol. But if you've got people locally that are really undermining that or taking things in their own hands, that can make it pretty difficult when you're talking about Harris County and Houston, the largest, fourth largest city in the country and one of the largest counties in the nation. No, Jonathan, you've got it, because, look, I, I was a repentant Aggie Catholic tax assessor, and I used to quote Matthew, which is, you know, uh, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, render unto God what is God's. The problem is Caesar wants too much money, okay? So you can say no 
Now, what happened here is that they, they literally just raced to a double-digit tax increase. And, and what Commissioners Cagle and Raddick did by basically they skipped a quorum because under Texas law, Commissioner's Court has to have four votes to implement a tax uh, rate. And so they, the minority stood up and said no, and that's, you know, and that's a wonderful thing, because it saved taxpayers $195 million. Wow. Now, why is that important? It's, it's homeownership. Just what you talked about. If, you know, taxation in Dallas and in Austin and in, in Houston, it's already well over $5,000 a year on an average home that's worth maybe, you know, $230,000. So that's a big chunk of people's disposable income going to property taxes. And that's why I've been fighting the growth of government for 20 years, because you have to slow down government's growth. And the way to do it is you've got to elect people that are willing to stand up and say no to overtaxation. Well, look, and I mean, you know, you've got a former Senate member, Rodney Ellis, that's a part of this effort, you know, and, and look, I mean, that's the difference sometimes between what you're able to get done at the state level, and a lot of times people aren't paying attention as much at the local level, so we're excited that you continue to get the message out there. Those local meetings really matter, and sometimes you can make a bigger difference locally than you can at the state level because it's at such a high level at the state level. There's a lot of voices, but the local level, a lot of times there aren't a lot of people at those meetings, and so if you care about these issues, people need to get connected and find out what's going on. Um, your uh, Twitter account is Team Betancourt. That's B-E-T-T-E-N-C-O-U-R-T for folks out there that aren't used to the spelling of your last name. Team Betancourt is the Twitter handle. You can see some of the things that Senator Betancourt's been tweeting about locally in the Houston area. And a lot of this, too, and I know these are county commissioners, but there's a big election coming up at the city level with the mayor's election right around the corner. No, this is all connected. Look, these urban areas are really battlegrounds between ideology, okay? And um, when you look at the tax fights, you know, El Paso actually raised their tax rates higher than ever. Um, big fight, Travis County went crazy along with Austin, which is the usual suspects. But in Houston, what you've got is a fight that's really going to matter because there are already – tax rate governor's uh, ordinances that I helped uh, pass uh, last decade that actually lower the tax rate. The current mayor, Sylvester Turner, is like, like my former colleague, uh, uh, you know, Rodney Ellis, who's now the commissioner, big tax and spend people. He wants to rip out the charter protections on, on taxes. And, you know, he's got a miserable record on Hero, which you can explain to the audience. I'm sure they know. And um, and so he's uh, being opposed now by at least four major candidates and about eight minor candidates. So the one thing I can predict for sure is there's going to be a runoff in the race, um, but I'm, I'm not yet able to predict who's going to be in it. Well, look, and you're right. I mean, the, the hero, that's the human, excuse me, the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance. We called it the bathroom ordinance because it put sexual orientation and gender identity into local law. It would have allowed the government to investigate, punish people for their private businesses, even in some instances, people of faith, if they took a biblical view as it related to sex versus gender identity. That's a Supreme Court case that's up at the U.S. Supreme Court this week, as a matter of fact, coming out of Michigan dealing with that issue. And the voters spoke very soundly against that ordinance 
uh, four years ago, and Sylvester Turner was a supporter of that ordinance. As I recall, the voters said no, 61-39. It wasn't even close, and you got to imagine that's something that he still cares about and would likely want to support if it if the opportunity presents itself. And so not just on the fiscal issues, but also on the issues uh, that people care about. And it really wasn't a Democrat-Republican thing when people voted on that ordinance four years ago. It, it was pretty strong. And there was a lot of unity that people had a lot of common ground. And, and thankfully, that was the case. But people have to remember that th- that legacy is still a part of what is going to hit the ballot box in Houston pretty soon. Coming up on the calendar soon, too, is in Houston is November 15th is the Faith Family and Freedom Gala. We're having Dennis Prager, who I know is on the radio in the Houston area, as our keynote speaker. Senator Bencourt, you're going to be there as well. You're one of our Faith and Family champions for Texas Values Action from the past legislative session for your work on the issues that we care about. We're excited that you're going to be out there with us. Well, I'm just glad I'd be able to attend because, and the other thing too, Jonathan, it's more important that everybody understand that, you know, look, you're the individual activists can make a huge difference. When when I looked at who showed up at the tax rate fight, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, a couple of members of the Republican Party, but one guy from the Tom Ball Chamber of Commerce just came down and said, this is wrong. And he was, you know, they immediately engaged him in a fight. But the, did the Greater Houston Partnership come down and fight it? No. Did the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce come down and fight it? No. You know, did the tax assessor down here stand up for taxpayers? No. But one person, one good faith-based person can stand up on hero, can stand up on, on issues, because, you know, we, we, because these, these are important things. You, you can make a difference. And, look, and, uh, you know, Texas values, folks, are, are some of the strongest dual conservatives out there. So it's a great honor to be a champion for you and to come to Gala. Uh, but more importantly, we just get, we've got to speak out. We've got to commend people like Commissioners Cagle and Raddick for standing up. We have to fight because it's really a choice. Because I saw, you know, the county judge down here, uh, he opposed all my property tax relief efforts. He lost, but when he lost, he lost to a socialist who wanted to tax to the max. That was her idea. So there's a lot at stake, and that's why continuing being active is important. Um, and, you know, and we have to look at these challengers that are running against Turner to make sure they're really against Hero or not, because, you know, I think Bill King is not going to bring it up. Uh, Busby, who is a new entry or, since the last election, is say, saying one thing to the GLBT and another thing to the pastors, so I hope he's, he's telling the right answer to the pastors. But importantly, you were right about Hero. It was Hispanic and Afro-American pastors that also went with, uh, you know, a bunch of people in, in the Anglo community to defeat that because no one wanted it. You, you know, I, I'm not sure how Mr. Busby's supporting gender identity at a federal level because that's uh, uh, once we get to that point, we, you, the permutations are endless. Yeah, we're um, going gonna to be in a lot of trouble on those issues, and that we'll see what the Supreme Court does, but we still retain a lot of our ability to control those issues, and a lot of it does happen to who is elected at the ballot box. November 5th is the general election for the mayoral election in Houston. Don't forget, people, fourth largest city 
in the country. If you know people, have family and friends in that area, encourage them to get out and vote. It's right around the corner. There's likely to be a runoff, but don't let's not assume there will be. I mean, you got to everyone's got to show up at the ballot box. Harris County, population of over four million people, one of the largest counties in the country as well. A lot matters on what happens on these issues locally, even though they're local, you know, you call it local. I mean, we call it local. They're larger than most cities, just about every other city um, and and larger than a lot of states. But look, we know you just had a little bit of time and and we got a little tight on our timing having you on. And I apologize for that. Senator Betancourt, we know you got another interview to do, but I look forward to seeing you on November 15th. And we'll try to look for you on television, too, as the Astros are taking (laughs) on. And we expect beating the Yankees and headed to the World Series soon. So we're going to win against the Yankees and then we're going to go all the way. I predicted it back in 17. And look, Jonathan, you're right. Just get out and vote. I haven't made any endorsements in the in the city election yet, in November 5th, but I'm going to vote for sure. And you can check out what I'm saying at either Vote Betancourt on Facebook or Team Betancourt on Twitter. And you can always, uh, you know, see me around, uh, uh, you know, Houston. And I appreciate the time, Jonathan. Well, two years ago, we auctioned off a baseball that Jose Altuve, I think, had signed. I forget who it was that I had that, that was a signed baseball uh, from the World Series. And I bought it, like, at Game 2. They were already starting to sell them, anticipating that they would win. And so, you know, kind of like Mac, uh, you know, Mattress Mac, I thought that, um, you know, I, I would put my neck out there for the Strohs, and they didn't disappoint me. But we look forward to seeing you on November 15th at Texas Values Gala and likely to see me pretty soon here in Houston. Thank you, Senator Betancourt, for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, that's great to uh, have Senator Betancourt for a few minutes. A lot going on in the Houston area. I tell you what, it's not just about baseball, even though that does make it exciting. You know, we forget sometimes about these mayoral elections, these local elections. I mean, the turnout can be less than 10 percent. I mean, it can be very small. And so that's got two aspects to it. One thing it tells you, gosh, people are not finding out or they're not engaging these local elections. The other thing it'll tell you is if you do decide to vote, you know, you can almost make this argument that your vote counts a little bit more. I hate to state it that way, but in other words, you know, there could be a small group of people that could really impact the elections quite a bit if they decide to get motivated and do something. And it's great, you know, with Senator Betancourt, I mean, he serves in the state legislature, but he's been a local guy for a long time. I mean, he knows what's going on, very invested in the community there locally, not just representing people at the state capitol. So he's very active. And usually has, you know, his finger on the pulse of what's going on in a lot of different ways. I care a lot about the area because that's where I grew up. Still have a lot of family and friends there. But it matters to me, too, for the work that we do for our state as well. I mean, the Port of Houston is one of the busiest ports in the world. Uh, And so there's a lot really that tells people what's going on in Texas based on what's going on in Houston. And that's also for the rest of the country. The oil and gas industry is enormous in the Houston area. And a lot of it is a little bit more corporate, but there is a lot of service side to it there. A lot of industrial uh, businesses along the Port of Houston, Baytown, LaPorte, Galveston, all those different areas. And things are doing really well. But um, when it comes to that business Overall, but if you got local policies that are making making it harder and almost undoing some of the things that have been successful at the state and federal level, that's important as well. And so, um, look, you know, I mentioned 
when, when we had Senator Betancourt on our gala, and you can see my picture here if you're watching us on Facebook Live. If you're watching this video on Facebook or on YouTube, click the little button on YouTube, the little bell, the subscribe button. So anytime we upload a video, that you can be one of the first to know what we're talking about and what's happening. I got Dennis Prager. I probably need to get another printout because this one's getting a little worn after a week or so. But uh, Dennis Prager is going to be our keynote speaker for our Texas Values Gala on November 15th. That's the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. That's the largest event that we have all year. We alternate or we have between Houston and Dallas. What an exciting time to have it in Houston. Now, that the World Series is going to be long but over. You know, um, unless there's some type of weather issue or whatever, I hope there's not. But as I mentioned two years ago, so I'm sitting at home, it's like game two or three, and, you know, it wasn't really clear how things were going to turn out. I mean, I I had faith in, in the Astros, but I saw some advertisements starting to come up where they were saying they, for a certain price, uh, I forget if it was George Springer, Jose, I want to say it was Jose Altuve. Um, or um, I believe so. It wasn't Verlander. I'm pretty sure it was Jose Altuve. I'll check my uh, sources from two years ago. But they were already starting to pre-sell baseballs that said, you know, when, if the Astros win, we'll also get them to sign, you know, World Series or whatever. And it was a World Series ball. And uh, and we auctioned it off. And it went for, I think, over 1000 maybe twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 at the gala. And, uh, man, I should have ordered two, you know, but they were kind of, you know, I think they were a couple hundred bucks. And so I don't usually spend that much money on memorabilia. Not anymore. I used to before I had a family. And so, but um, a good friend of ours here in the Central Texas area actually made the drive to our gala. And he was a big Astros fan. That was very fun that he got to um, get a piece of history, but for a good cause. And so, and then four years ago when we had our gala there, I was able to get someone from my alma mater from law school from the University of Houston. They had a signed football that we auctioned off. And I think Tom Herman was the coach at the time uh, before he became a University of Texas coach. We got a nice signature on a football. So you never know what kind of specialty items we might cook up. I mean, but most of it is about letting people know what is our latest work on faith, family, and freedom. Also, this time, recognizing faith and family champions from the Texas legislature. These are House and Senate members. That scored 90 or above for Texas Values Action. Um, that is um, our C4 organization that's connected with Texas Values. Or, and, and so a lot that's going to happen, but not only that, and I mentioned this with Senator Bencourt, not only are we going to have Dennis Prager and our Faith and Family Champions, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is going to be there as well. Now, he also lives in the Houston area. The Senate district that he used to represent was the district Paul Bencourt now represents. So a lot of connection there. And, you know, Lieutenant Governor Patrick has been one of the most vocal people when it comes to our issues. Longtime uh, friendship, if you will, with our organization and standing up, standing up against that bathroom ordinance in Houston when they tried to pass a sexual orientation and gender identity ordinance. They actually did. But the, the residents there were so upset that they were able to go through a maneuver that forces the issue to go to the ballot. Uh, instead of just having a handful or so of council members deciding this issue and it went to the ballot. Governor Lieutenant Governor Patrick was one of the voices against that bathroom ordinance, and it got voted down. And it would have forced private businesses to allow men into women's bathrooms and, and even uh, situations where people of faith could have had this used against them. So a lot of trouble there. You remember the sermons got subpoenaed from pastors because they were talking about some of these issues from the pulpit. What a mess that was created. And so 
where did that come from? The mayor. This was something that the mayor at the time and East Parker wanted to do. It matters who you put in office, especially at the local level as well. So we want to encourage people to stay engaged. We also want to remind you of our sponsor, Eagle Peak Shooting Range, uh, right here in the Central Texas area. One of the finest facilities that you'll find, uh, Eagle Peak Shooting Range. Check them out online, and you can go out there and uh, exercise your Second Amendment rights and keep in good uh, in good practice. And so, and that's a good friend of ours out there, Eagle Peak Shooting Range. That's our sponsor this week and for several weeks of the Texas Values Report. But look, you know, a lot going on with our work. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the radio show a couple of weeks ago, but we've had a member of our team that's moved on. Nicole Hudgens, who's been one of the longest serving members of our team and was recently serving as our policy director, is moving into a new position. I can't say much about it. All right, maybe next week I'll be allowed to, maybe the embargo will be lifted and the ban on my speech to talk about this, and I'll give you more details. We're very excited uh, for her. You'll, you'll find out why hopefully next week. And, but that means we've got an opening at our office. So we've got a uh, public policy position opening. If you've ever wanted to do this work and do it full time, we're one of the few places that you can do it. We're the largest organization in the state that works on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. It is a full-time position. Uh, contact our office. You want to get more details about it. It is an, a position where you got to work out of our Austin office, so just know that. But, you know, Nicole came from D.C. and moved here, set up, and really got connected very quickly and I feel like she got a lot of great experience that I'm sure she'll use as she moves into a new position here very soon. But we don't have openings very often, but we do now. And we'd like to hire someone very soon. Uh, we're going to wait till we have the right person. But, you know, our work did not stop uh, really on any day. It just continues. And so we need to get someone plugged into that position so we can keep doing the work that we do. But go to TXValues.org. I think we've got information on our website or our social media channels. You can check out that public policy position. Um, I know we've already got some interest, setting up some interviews for that, but we have not hired anyone yet. So still time for that. A lot going on on the Austin ISD issue, too. Keep that in mind, that sex education issue we had a guest on last week. Check uh, txvalues.org to get updates on that. I want to just say a few more things about our gala. I know live, as far as on the radio, our listening audience is primarily in the Central Texas area, but on Facebook, on podcasts, and so on, we're all over the country and all over the state and particularly all over this area. If you want to make the trip on November 15th, on that Friday night, come down to the, the West Houston area and check out our gala. Great opportunity to connect with like-minded folks to make an investment in faith, family, and freedom. You know, we do this work in the courts, the legislature, and the media, and we usually respond very quickly. We've got a very good success rate, whether it's getting legislation passed like the Save Chick-fil-A bill. All right. And, you know, that bill is a religious freedom bill for three sessions in a row we have been able to pass religious liberty legislation in the state of Texas. That's not easy to do. Um, and so when you, and as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, um, if you want to include the Merry Christmas bill, which was a religious freedom bill, that's four sessions in a row. That's 2013, 2015, 2017, and 2019. Now the ones in 15, 17, and 19 were a little bit more difficult because they had a broader reach. But the, the Merry Christmas law was a, is a religious freedom law. But it, just going back the past three sessions, we've had to fight tooth and nail, and they've usually been on current issues to be dealt with. In 15, it was the pastor protection law. 
Many of y'all might, might not be aware of that, but it protects pastors and churches from having to perform marriages that go against their religious beliefs. And that was in 2015, right around the time that they thought that the Supreme Court was going to rule um, and strike down Texas's laws on, regarding marriage being between a man and a woman, our constitutional amendment, all that stuff. And so, you know, I, I want to get my uh, team member here in the studio with me to verify this, but there are reports coming out that Beto O'Rourke in a town hall yesterday, the LGBT town hall, suggested, if not specifically said, that if churches do not perform same-sex marriage, that they should lose their tax-exempt status. I mean, you know, and here we are four years after we passed the pastor protection law, because we knew then that it was likely that's what some people wanted to do. They would want to force churches or punish churches that didn't perform same-sex marriages or any marriages that went against their biblical beliefs. And so now you have on record being reported, at least, I'll continue to verify this, uh, and in pointing out, I think the question was related to Texas. I think the question I'm seeing, according to social media, how do you get states like Texas with discriminatory laws against LGBT people to support human rights for all? That was how it was worded. But it was teed up on these issues as it relates to Texas. And and, and the question related to targeting churches and, and nonprofit organizations. And so in the context was receiving um, regards to rewards, benefits, or tax break. So now because churches don't have to pay taxes, that's considered a tax break, right? I mean, you got to pay attention to how they try to word these things. Um, but that's how it's being spun. But that's what's being reported, that, that Beto O'Rourke stands for the position that if a church— refuses to follow their biblical beliefs and not perform a same-sex marriage, that, that the, the federal government's going to start taxing them, okay? Um, we, you know, this is a legitimate concern that we've long had, but that was 2015 when we passed the pastor, pastor Protection Law. And look, I'm not trying to get into the, the political side of this. Beto O'Rourke is a voice for a lot of Democrats. That is what some people in government want to do. It is no question the attacks on religious freedom are there. Supreme Court uh, case this week on these issues of defining sex and including gender identity. That could have a whole host of problems for us locally. Go to txvalues.org to get that information. So you probably weren't going to get it anywhere else, and that's why you need to invest in the work we do at txvalues.org. You can make a tax-deductible donation today, even if Beto O'Rourke thinks that we shouldn't. Hey, stand up against him and people that believe this way and tell him you get to decide where your money goes and that you shouldn't be punished for that. TXValues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today, and we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.